Welcome to the Alliance Bible Church Podcast. We exist to be a healthy community, living and sharing the good news of Jesus with neighbors and nations. So now if I could have you stand for the reading of the Word of God. And this is out of Psalms 136, 1 through 9. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who alone does great wonders, his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made the heavens with skill, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To him who made great li- the great lights, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To the sun to rule by day, for his loving kindness is everlasting. To the moon and to the stars to rule at night, for his love is everlasting. Amen. Thank you, Tim. You may be seated. From about fourth grade until partway through my fifth year of high school, I went to a small Christian school, and I loved a lot of things about it. Um, We were the, when I started, it was Columbia Heights Christian Academy, and when I left, it was Columbia Heights Christian School, and a year later, it ceased to exist because that's how Christian schools kind of work in Longview. Like, one gets really big, and then, like, another one starts to come up, and, like, something happens at this one where it closes, and then this one takes the place. Um, so my school doesn't exist anymore. It's a little bit sad. But we were, the, we were the Eagles because as a Christian school, you can either be the Eagles, right, or the Crusaders, which I don't understand why we use in a proud way, but the Crusaders or the Knights. And that's about the extent of what your Christian school mascot can be. Maybe the Lions. There's some good Lions out there. I played basketball in middle, middle school and high school. I played in the pep band in high school, and I even got to wear the Eagle mascot costume that thing smelled bad. Because like when you get in there, you sweat, and then it just sits in a closet for a week, and then the next guy puts it on, and it smells like the guy before's sweat for the week. It's great. I loved it. Loved being the eagle. And what I'm wearing today would have been an acceptable choice of clothes for a chapel day at school. It would have been an okay uniform to wear. Also, it would have been good enough for a fifth grade picture day, because... Sadly, I couldn't find myself a navy blue cardigan to wear today, um, mostly because I don't think my wife would let me wear cardigans. Maybe in like 15 years, I'll be able to rock the cardigan again. But um, fifth grade me, and and many of you have commented that I look nice in a tie. Thank you. I actually love wearing ties. I do it all the time. You can ask my mom. Like, we didn't have to wear a tie to school most of the time, but half the time I did. As I got into high school, it loosened up a little bit. We could wear like a a green uh, polo shirt or a burgundy polo shirt and khaki pants. But 10-year-old me was an okay dude. And one of the things I remember from my time in the fifth grade, uh, besides my teacher, Miss James, who as an adult does not like to be called Miss James. We actually went to church with her when I came back to Longview as an adult. And she got mad at me because I wouldn't call her Karen because she was Miss James. But one of the things we did in Miss James' class was memorize a whole chapter of the Bible, like 26 verses in a row. And while I can't recite that entire chapter to you today, I do remember the last half of each verse. 
And it's actually the first blanks on your message notes if you're following along. It's his faithful love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. Good morning, my name is Wayne Rosinski. I have the privilege of being the Associate Pastor of Youth and Family Ministries here at Alliance Bible Church. And I want to thank each of you for taking some time out of this beautiful fall day to spend together as a church family as we praise him, proclaim his truth, and just enjoy our time together. And while I love Thanksgiving and all the things that it brings, time with family, eating, the reminder to be grateful for what I have, eating, I, I likes to eat. Sometimes I think we see it simply as the start of the Christmas season. How many of you are already listening to Christmas music? My people. How many of you have started decorating? Has anybody, like, Thanksgiving is late this year. We, we, we in the Rosinski house, we don't decorate until after Thanksgiving. We actually usually go on the day after Thanksgiving to get our tree from a tree farm. And if my wife is around, we don't listen to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. But if she goes somewhere for the day, me and the kids have no problem listening to Christmas jams all year long. But as a family, we wait. And I won't even tell you how I feel about Black Friday shopping on Thursday afternoon. (laughs) Because I don't want to get all riled up. And I will. With all the preparation for Christmas, which I love Christmas and I think we should celebrate that, obviously, it can be hard to slow down and actually focus on gratitude during this season. So while I think a life of gratitude should be lived all year long, I hope that in our time today we can see from Scripture how gratefulness is good for us and how we can choose to be intentionally thankful this week. If you have your Bible, maybe you're still in Psalm 136, that's where we're going to begin. If you have your favorite Bible app, it works the same way. You just have to scroll instead of flip. Sometimes I read a passage of scripture and I'm not, not really sure that I know the main point that the author is trying to convey. You know, we wrestle like he says this and he says this and like, what's, what's the main thing here? But in Psalm 136, I think, I think I get it. I think I know the emphasis of this passage. We said it earlier, we'll say it more times today, his faithful love endures forever. We'll read verses 1 through 3. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. Fifth grade me was like really happy that half of what we memorized was the same thing. Because fifth grade me didn't really like memorizing things, as is evidenced by some of the history tests that I took. In verse 1, the Hebrew word that's translated Lord here is Yahweh, the proper name of the God of Israel. And it says he is good. In verse 2, God can be translated mighty one or heavenly being. He's the mighty one of mighty ones. And then Lord in verse 3 is the word Adonai, which means master or owner. We are called to give thanks, to praise God for who he is. These three verses don't say anything about what God has ever done. But we're called to give thanks and to be grateful just because of who he is. He's the God of Israel, the mighty one of mighty ones, and the master of masters. In his commentary on these verses, Matthew Henry states, Give thanks to the Lord, not only because he does good, but because he is good. All the streams must be traced up to the fountain. 
Not only because he is merciful to us, but because his mercy endures forever and will be drawn out to those that shall come after us. We must give thanks to God, not only for the mercy which is now handed out to us here on earth, but for that which shall endure forever in the glories and joys of heaven. Verses 4 through 9 remind us that it was God who created everything. Your next blank that's been there for a bit. He's the God of creation. The heavens, the lands, the waters, the sun, the moon, the stars, the all of it. God made it happen. When I stand by the ocean or I look up at the stars, I feel small. I can look at the vastness of God's world and be amazed at his handiwork. How many of you would rather be at the beach than the mountains? Beach? Mountains? You don't care as long as you're not in a city? Yeah. We can look at the vastness of God's creation and be amazed at his handiwork. One of my favorite ways that I love to pray is while walking through the woods. Being in nature while talking and listening to God is, is one of my favorite ways to be in his presence. I got to take a retreat last year with a friend, and we went out to a monastery. And he's like, you can be here, 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 or here, and it was raining. And it was great because sometimes I walk in the woods and I don't pray out loud because I don't want people to know that I'm crazy. I am crazy, but I don't think people need to know that all the time. So if I'm walking in my woods near home, sometimes I pray quietly. I'll put in my, like, Bluetooth earbud thing so, like, maybe they think I'm on a phone call. But this was great because we were, like, out at a monastery in woods, and the only people in these woods were us. So, like, I could walk around and talk and maybe yell to or at and with God, but enjoying his presence and his vastness as I pour my heart to him is one of my favorite ways to connect with God. He's the creator of everything. Let's read verses 10 through 15. It says, He struck the firstborn of the Egyptians, his faithful love endures forever, and brought Israel out from among them, his faithful love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, his faithful love endures forever. He divided the Red Sea, his faithful love endures forever. And led Israel through, his faithful love endures forever. But hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his faithful love endures forever. The writer of this psalm has watched us through creation, and now we're reminded of a very important event in the nation of Israel, God's chosen people. When Joseph brought Jacob and his family to Egypt, they were around 70 people. If my grandparents and family were to gather for Thanksgiving, we'd be somewhere between 50 and 60. So in like 430 years, watch out. (laughs) But Israel was formed as a nation in Egypt and eventually enslaved in Egypt. God's people became a nation while they were there, but Pharaoh didn't like how numerous they were, so he made them slaves. But... God delivered them. When the people of Israel got to the Red Sea, it looked like they had nowhere to go. Like God had done amazing things to get them out of Egypt. The plagues, like the Egyptians gave them money as they left. But then they get to the Red Sea, and they may have doubted God's plan. I would guess that some of them weren't very grateful about leaving Egypt to be trapped between the waters and Pharaoh's army. Sometimes I think that life would be so much easier if God would tell me exactly why he has planned and give me a detailed travel plan. Anybody else agree with that? I mean, like, what if I want to go see my parents in Castle Rock, I go to the Google, and Google tells me how to get there. Google tells me that driving through Portland is awful, in and out. It's red lines. I know I'll have to wait there. 
God doesn't often slash always slash ever give us this many detailed plans for what he has for us. I would take the gray route, by the way, because I'm not going to wait to drive through Portland. I'm going to go over Corn Pass and up the Columbia River because it's way more beautiful. You just have to be careful because the speed limit changes a lot. You don't want to get a ticket. I've, I've heard. <laughs> so Google can give us this step-by-step directions. Why would the Lord lead his people to what seemed like a dead end? But it turns out that God is more concerned with his glory than with our ease. The Lord provided a way. Your next blank on your message handout, what they saw as a roadblock, God used as an opportunity to show his power. They came up to something they couldn't do on their own. And God used that to show his power. Nations heard about what the God of Israel had done for his people, and God was glorified. In Exodus 15, the people praised the Lord with a song after crossing the Red Sea on dry ground. Verse verse 13 of that chapter says, With your faithful love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. You will guide them to your holy dwelling with your strength. No one would would think that the people of Israel somehow parted the Red Sea on their own. Human power couldn't do what God had done for them. His glory grew because of what he did, even though it wasn't easiest for the people of Israel. Thus far, we, we see that we can give thanks to God just because of who he is. Because he is the creator of all things and because he led his people out of bondage. Verses 16 through 22 remind us of God leading his people into the promised land. He was their creator. He freed them from slavery and he led them into the promised land. We'll read verse 16. It says, He led his people in the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. He struck down great kings. His faithful love endures forever. And slaughtered famous kings. His faithful love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his faithful love endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, his faithful love endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance. His faithful love endures forever. An inheritance to Israel, his servant. His faithful love endures forever. As the people of Israel wandered in the wilderness... They were worried about what they would eat, what they would drink. Multiple times they complained about no food. God provided manna from heaven and quail. They complained about no water. Water came from rocks. They threw sticks into bad water, became good water. God provided for his people. The wilderness wasn't easy, and it likely wasn't where the people wanted to be. But it was the way that God needed to take them. The wilderness was the way that God needed to take them. In Exodus 13, we read that God says if he had led them on the shortest path, they would have gone past the Philistines and they would have feared war and returned to Egypt. So while the wilderness wasn't ideal in their eyes, in their sight, it's the path that God had to take them to get them where he needed them to be. Through all the wilderness wanderings, God provided. It mentions that God defeated Sihon and Og, two specific kings on their way into the promised land. Your next blanks, remembering specific things that God has done can strengthen our faith for the future. Remembering specific things that God has done can strengthen our faith for the future. Vague memories of God and what he has done are helpful, but if we can praise him for specific things that he has done, it can build our faith for what lies ahead. 
Before coming on staff at Alliance Bible Church, I spent a little over two months being unemployed. Um, I was at, we were at a church in Kelso. I was the interim youth pastor, and the guy that was the youth pastor was the interim lead pastor. And then we hired a guy, and the guy that was the interim lead pastor went back to being the youth pastor, and the guy that was the interim youth pastor went away. Um, and that was me. And um, we didn't have like two and a half months of savings. Um, I didn't get an employment because the church job, the way that it wasn't set up for that. So I spent two and a half months without income. And, and, and like I've told many of you before, I'm not a math magician. But if you don't have income, like the paying the bills shouldn't happen. But for two and a half months, God provided. He took care of us. We never missed a payment. I never went hungry. You guys know I like to eat. Like, we never even got to a point where we were eating food because it had calories. Like, we were still being Americans and eating food because we thought it tasted good. So through that time where it shouldn't have worked out, God provided. We paid our bills. We kept eating. I can look back and see how and when God has provided in the past. I can praise him for that, thank him for that, and I can trust in Trust that even when I don't understand how he will do it, God will provide. Let's read these last four verses as a call and response. I'm just, I want it to be as much like my grandpa's church growing up as I can today. So we had a kid's message, and I'm going to read, and you're going to respond. Your part's real easy, because it's going to be the back half of each verse. And it's, it's on the screen, in case you forget. So I'll read the first half of the verse, and you guys read the back half of the verse back to me. Are you ready? You, you look pretty ready. He remembered us in our humiliation. His love endures forever. And rescued us from our foes. He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Did you guys practice that when I wasn't looking earlier? That was good. That was, that was real good. God remembered us in our lowest state. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Sometimes when we've been walking with Christ for a good while, we can take for granted that he loved us when we were undeserving. We get used to things, like, like driving a car. Most of you know my, my car was deemed unsafe to drive a while ago because the brakes were metal on metal. And it was cold, and I rode my bike for six weeks straight. And I thought a lot more about how cool it was to have a car. Not even like a good car, like, like just, you know, motor that goes, roof, heater. Like, I'm thankful for those things in my car because for six weeks on a bike, I had no roof, no heater, and I was the motor. When we get used to something, we can take it for granted. When we've been following Christ for a while, we can forget how much he loved us while we were so undeserving, while we were far from Christ. We take him too much for granted. Constant awareness of his personal greatness and his ceaseless mercy would cause us to give thanks to him more and more. Your next blanks, God has rescued us. God has rescued us. Like whether he rescued us 30 years ago when we were seven or whether he rescued us this week, we needed that rescue and it's good to be reminded of that rescue. In Psalm 51, David says, Restore to me the joy of my salvation. And man, sometimes I'm facing things and it's hard, and I'm like, God, what do I have to be grateful for? And that verse comes to my mind. It's like, oh, that's probably enough right there. Thank you. 
for my salvation. And that, that is enough for us to be grateful to God. It says he's rescued us from our foes. And maybe we don't feel like we have foes or adversaries. I don't think I have many foes. I, I don't know. I've got ten toes, but no foes. But 1 Peter 5.8 tells us to be alert, to be on guard, to be sober-minded, because our adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion. As we talked about earlier, lions have sharp teeth and claws. So while sometimes we probably go through our lives not feeling like we have an adversary, we do. And because of God's love, we've been rescued from that. Verse 25 says that he gives food to every creature. And that made me think of something that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. He said, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they are? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? God feeds the birds. And Jesus says that you're more valuable than the birds are. A life of gratitude leaves little time for worry. I've found that as long as I'm doing one thing, it's hard to do another thing. I don't multitask real well, if at all, ever. And a life of gratitude leaves little time for worry. If I'm grateful, I'm trusting God. I'm looking at what he has done and what he can do. If I'm worried, I've probably lost sight of who God is in my life, and I'm looking at my situations instead. This psalm, sent, this psalm ends in a similar place to where it started. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. I hope, like me, you see the main point of the psalmist in this chapter. We can be grateful. His faithful love endures forever. This time I'm going to invite the band back up. At the bottom of your message notes, it says through the week, because I believe that following Christ should be something we do all the time, not just together on Sunday. So this is my challenge to you. Each evening or morning, I know some people aren't morning people, each evening or morning, take a few minutes and write down three things that you are grateful for and thank the Lord throughout your day for these things. I've been doing this in the evening, except on evenings when I forget that I do it the next morning, so sometimes I do it twice in a day. But here's some things that I love about this. If I'm thinking through what I'm grateful for, I'm going to trust God. My focus is going to be on him and not my problems or my worries. Also, if you do it for a week or a month and you don't let yourself repeat, we talked earlier, I'm not the greatest rememberist. Rememberer? I don't remember things all the time. But if you're trying not to repeat, then what do you have to do? Like on day six, you have to read back through the first five days and be grateful. So then in five days, you've been grateful for 15 different things. And day six, you're grateful for 18. And you're going to read all the way through those. And you're going to see what God is doing in your life. And it's going to help us be focused on him. So this week, as we spend time with families, as we, as we gather together, I hope that you can take some time to be grateful for what God has done in your life and be grateful for who he is.
Let's pray together. Holy Father, thank you for this chance to love you. God, for a chance to know you. God, I pray that as we go through our week that you would strengthen us, God. That you would give us courage for what we're facing, God. That we would be reminded that you walk with us through whatever we're facing. God, that we would remember to be grateful for who you are and for your many blessings. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Thank you for checking out the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information, you can visit alliancebible.church.